Welcome to the Not By Chance podcast. I'm Talmadge, Dr. Thane's son and podcast manager. Today, Dr. Thane has interviewed Sonia Rodriguez on minimalism. Sonia has lived all over the place and is a mother as well as a clinician. She has experience in residential as well as wilderness programs and is currently a coach at Homeward Bound. Sonia, thanks for joining me today on this podcast. And maybe we could start out with the basic, you know, what is minimalism? You know, it's, it's probably a lot of things to different people, but if you had to define it, maybe for our audience today, how would you define minimalism? Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. You bet. Um, so I'm going to loosely define minimalism the way that Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus um, define it, and that is that it is a lifestyle that helps us question um, what adds value to our life. And then through that the questioning, that gives us the opportunity to clear out clutter in whatever area it is that we're talking about. For some people, that might be their phone. It might be their email box. It might be somebody else's closet. It might be somebody else's kitchen cabinet. And it, and it could, you know, it, so it means a lot of things to a lot of different people. But it's it's taking a look at, thinking about what our values are, meeting our, meeting, matching our values up to um, what's, you know, to what occupies our time. Mm-hmm. And things occupy our time. And they yeah. get in the way of doing some of the things we enjoy doing or they can get in the way of relationships. So is this a pretty new trend or has this been going on for a while? What, what do you think uh, precipitated this move towards minimalism? That's a great question. Um, it, I don't, and I don't really know the answer to that other than I think it possibly has been going on for a while. I know it's something that's been important to me for quite a while. And I think that it's become much more popular um, with social media, but also with um, the younger generation in, mm-hmm. in the millennials, they, they um, tend to want to live life a different way than they feel that generations before them have lived their life. You know, we've come from every generation. We have um, built wealth or up until this one, right? Built wealth and um, you know, our homes have gotten bigger. And then we buy things to fit in all the crevices of our homes. And so um, they're like, taking a pause and saying, wait, we might want something a little different. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did give this a little bit of thought, uh, you know, as I've thought about this topic, it, it, I asked the question, you know, and, and started thinking about that a little bit. And I do think it might be a reaction to the excess, you know, like you say, this buildup of materialism and acquiring more and more and more at some point, it, our lives are kind of out of control. We're not really intentionally guiding it the direction we want to because of, in order to acquire all of that, it's not just that it clutters our, our physical environment, but it's also, it takes our calendar, right, to be able to acquire all that. So we might have a, a second job or we might be trying to get to that next level or whatever it is, in order to acquire the things and the lifestyle that we're looking for. And it might be a reaction to this, you know, excess over time. And, and here we, we go. And I think another thing that, that I think it could be related to, of course, is I think about the environmental 
movement. You know, the the looking at the world the, uh, and the the resources of the world and how we're using those up. And and so I think there's definitely for the younger generation probably looking at that saying, "Gee, I don't really like the the trend there." Um, there's a point, there's a breaking point. I, I, I'm seeing it in my own life. There's a certain point in time where uh, a certain place where you get to that, that uh, more is not better. <laughs> yes. You kind of realize that. So yeah. Yeah. whatever the reasons for this, I, I actually think it is good for family life uh, to, to trend towards less. And, yes. and I, I think we're going to get to that in our conversation today. So yes. as you were looking at uh, this topic, you've been trying to do this yourself for a while. Can you talk to us a little bit about what led you to start to think more simply and, and uh, put your life in a, on a different track? Sure, sure. So we, I, had four, I, have, four, I have four kids. And um, we had a lot of toys um, and because we were a bigger family, a bigger house, more cars, you know, we just occupied more space. Mm-hmm. And I, what I noticed is what is that the things brought pleasure, but they also brought management. Right. And so you spend a lot of time managing those things um, as opposed to just being able to enjoy them with others. And I, I wrote about a decade ago, I saw this beautiful photo book and I wanted, I wanted to get Peter Menzel is the, is the person who was this photographer and the book's called Material World, A Global Family Portrait. And he went around the world and he took pictures of, he asked families to take all their possessions and put them out on the yard, on the lawn. And he took pictures and I was just blown away by the simplicity of some cultures and actually a little I, I desired that, like the mm-hmm. bowls that they cooked with and the same bowls that they put their possessions in. It was just very simple. And then I looked at the American home and all the things out on the lawn. And, and I studied the picture and I thought, well, where, where's all the stuff from the junk drawers? Where are the receipts? Where are the pens? You know, where are, because a lot of our space gets batteries where, you know, we just toss into drawers. And, and so I, I, you know, it's not just the bigger material things, but it's also the smaller kind of clutter things as well. So that really made an impact on me. Mm. Um, you know, and I, I, I researched him actually. I was hoping he did more. I think he's gone on to the digital age. So, um, but it's a beautiful book. And so I, you know, over the years just um, tried to, um, I call it, well, just I declutter a couple times a year and just try to, you know, when I bring things in, get rid of other things. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that reminds me of, I think, one, one of the most important lessons I learned from my kids going to boarding school is one of the headmasters. That my, my first son, Chance, his headmaster said to us, OK, guys, parents, when you bring your kids something, take something away because their space is so small. And I thought that mm-hmm. was really smart. And so that's something that we incorporated in all my kids educational careers. It's something that I, I try to strike to in my own life here. Um, and my kids do as well, just keeping it simple, as simple as possible. And, and that's very relative. And that's why I wanted to be careful with the description of minimalism too, because um, we don't want it to become our religion, right? 
and we want to have grace with ourselves because you know I one of the ladies that a, a lady uh, wrote a program and her name it's called um, three 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 and her name I want to make sure I get this right um, well maybe I'll come back to her name so there we go Is Courtney it? Carver Courtney okay. Carver yes three three the three 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 project. And so this, um, with this, she says, okay, so for three months, wear 33 items, or you have 33 items. And these items include jewelry. They include shoes. They include your shoes. Um, wait, I said shoes. They include your accessories. What they don't include are your wedding rings um, and your undergarments and then your, uh, your workout attire. Well, the good news for us is most of us wear workout type attire many days of the week, right? With this, our new, how our new way of doing business. Mm. Um, and I was really intrigued with that. And so my husband and I decided to, to take a, to travel for three months this summer. And, and so we packed up our house and put it in storage because we were transitioning and, and I needed to think about this three through three project and how I would be able to live through a couple, you know, a few different environments, different climates, being in the mountains, mm-hmm. summer, moving into fall, being on mm-hmm. the flatlands. And, um, and so uh, fortunately it was easier for me to stay within the 33 items because I didn't have to count my, my pajamas and my workout clothes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also, it was free. And so one of the things she talks about, the reason I wanted to mention her was she said, don't be so rigid with yourself. And I say, be kind to yourself what somebody's program looks like is different than another person's. And as long as we're on our journey to simplify, um, then, then that can be applauded. Just making progress, some shifts. That's neat to hear about your personal journey and, uh, and where it started. Sometimes we need some kind of ignition to get us on a new track. And, and that book, it sounds like was that for you. And, and uh, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seeing those pictures of the the material possessions out on the lawn, you know. Let's let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the statistics that you shared with us at our advance about the f- American family culture, just to drive home maybe this picture in their minds of the listeners of of where we have gone, you know, where we're at as an American family. Let's let's go back to that a little bit, just to drive home this this visual of of and and probably individually we can look at this but what are the stats out there that would tell us we've become a country of excess yeah consumerism <laughs> yeah consumerism. Um, so the size of our home the average american home has tripled in the last 50 years mm. and yet with this tripling one out of every 10 americans has a storage unit outside of their home and, um, and so to put that in perspective, there's more storage space. Well, first of all, it's a booming industry. It's, it's the largest booming, it's, it's the largest booming industry in the commercial real estate storage. Wow. Space. Mm. And there's enough, there's more storage spaces than there are Starbucks. And if you think about how many Starbucks there are around, that's a lot. There's mm-hmm. enough storage space out there that every American man, woman, child, could stay could stand inside the storage units and there'd be Mm. enough space for all of us Mm. and so and then another statistic around this is one out of four american you know families that have a two-car garage one out of four 
can't even park their, their car in or cars in it because it's so full because our garage becomes kind of that place for those things. It's become the storage mm-hmm. in case. And yeah. so we definitely have a consumption issue. And we also just have an issue of holding on to things for just in case. You know, if you think about maybe what might be in your garage, it might not be something you use every day, but just in case I need it one day. Right. Okay. And how do you get over that? I mean, that's, that's a little different than just materialism, right? Where I've just got to have more. It's more of almost a scarcity or a possibly thinking, what if this happened or that happened? I might need that someday. How, what, how do you overcome that? It's a little bit different than just wanting more. The two guys I mentioned earlier, the minimalist, they say they have a 20-20 rule. And their 20-20 rule is they can either spend $20 on it, up to $20, or go 20 miles for it, like when they're traveling around. Oh. Um, and so that works for them. Um, for me, I don't, because I've been scaling down, scaling down, mm-hmm. scaling down. I don't always have the things that I, I mean, I have some things that I gave away, which brings me much joy to give things mm-hmm. away, especially yeah. when I'm giving them to people that I love. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think about, Oh, I wish I had that. Oh, I wish I had that back. Cause it, you know, in the moment, that would be great. I wish I could give you an example of felt that feeling in the last week. Mm-hmm. Um, yet I don't wish that more than having less clutter in my house or having less mm-hmm. clutter in my cabinets, being able to find what I need. And you so know, when it, well, I was gonna say, when it comes to, a t- when it comes to the point where I might need something that I don't have, there's a possibility I might have to rebuy it, which stings. However, again, if I gave it to somebody I love or an organization I care about a lot, that helps with that sting. Mm, that's great. You know, I, I remember you said something else too, and you're probably going to get to this, but you mentioned when we were at our advance that that you start to, if I get the words right here, the way you put it, uh, that it's almost like you can share those things with other people yeah. or it's if someone else has it, you don't have to have it. Right. A- am well, I right? I mean, how did you put that? Yeah. It, well, the shared economy that we have now mm-hmm. um, really allows us. So I say uh, use other people's things. That so three was points it. for me. Yeah. One, use other people's things mm-hmm. uh, with permission. Yes. Um, <laughs> and two, clutter clutters the mind. Um, and then three, gift experiences versus possessions. Because people love time together and building memories. And let's so, go through those. Let's go through those yeah. in a little more detail. So in share in the shared economy, like the summer, how we were able to uh, do what we did the way we did it, we rented other people's houses. We mm-hmm. rented other people's cars. Mm-hmm. We rented other people's boats. Um, and I rented another person's RV. And the thing is, is I was considering an RV. And so after renting their RV, I decided I don't, I can just enjoy somebody else's RV and then give it back to them when I'm done. And it's win-win it's win-win yeah. for these people because they get to generate income on their home. And it's win-win for me because I get to use it and then walk away and I don't have to worry about it any longer. And then the other win-win to that is a lot of times they have some other things you need, like the coffee maker or, you know, just some, some items that you wouldn't have camping and you wouldn't have me even in a hotel because um, mm-hmm. you're staying in, you know, plates and medical kits and things like that. So use other people's things. Yes. You know, another thought I had with that, Sonia, this goes along with our, 
our concept at Homeward Bound that we talk a lot about, which is the home team. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you think about that concept, which is basically we're going to create community. We're going to, you know, a lot of times it's in the service of, of mentoring our, our young people and helping them, you know, navigate their life with, with other people being a part of their life. Uh, but the same concept applies here. You know, you, if, we, if we start to talk to our neighbors, if we borrow from each other, if we share, uh, within our close proximity of people, we have to kind of build relationships to do that. You know, you don't go ask for sugar unless, you know, there's sort of a mutual give and take that happens. And I think that's another level that we're talking about here that of, of not just a, you know, a, a mobile app that lets us borrow or sh- use someone else's stuff, but it's actually go across the street, you know, to the neighbor and, and uh, get to know each other well enough that that we are sharing. We are part of a community. Hey, I've got a tiller. Why would you buy a tiller if the you know neighbors got one and use it once a year, maybe twice a year? And so the opportunity there is to actually deepen our relationships as we, you know, and 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 this kind of happened to us. We had a new neighbor move into our uh, next door to us last summer. Uh, and just this past summer. And, um, you know, it, it, it started out really, really well. It was in the middle of COVID and, you know, nobody was really mingling with each other. Much of that was happening, uh, but they, they came in at, during that time. And it just so happens that, uh, that the, the woman, uh, she, uh, she was really outgoing and and willing to ask for things that she standed she stood in need of, um, she needed a couple things, and and that just made us warm. It warmed it up immediately because we got to know her, and and then we started asking her for things, <laughs> and and now we've got it's almost like the fence between us kind of went away. Um, That's awesome. Uh, they were building something out back. So I helped them on that. They came over and helped me with what I was building. We borrowed tools back and forth. Um, and I kind of know some of the things they have now and they know some of the things that I have. <laughs> and, and so there's definitely a, a sharing going on right here um, next door. And, mm-hmm. and I, I love it. And, uh, and I'm taking that concept a little further yeah. that way. And if you think about it, that isn't a new concept. That's no. something we got away from. Yes. Right. We, as we became more independent in our own stuff. So mm-hmm. it's nice to consider getting back to that. Yeah. yeah. So what was the second thing? Second thing is clutter clutters. And mm-hmm. that goes back to um, like my house is never the cleanest when I have a paper due. I just finished a really big research project and, and things were spick and span, right? Like you, you hear that. But for me and for the work I do, um, to have a non-cluttered environment, and that means a lot of different things to different people. You know, one expert thinks that's a pure white room, no art, mm-hmm. very little furniture, but an uncluttered environment where you're not distracted, where you can focus, where you can have a bigger picture of what, what it is that you're taking a look at. Um, and uh, so, and then... Also, for simplicity, like 
I know when one expert talks about if you have to move something in order to get to something else, you have too much. But just that that time that it took to move it to get to the other thing, that takes time. And so by having less clutter, then not only does it help, you know, create that canvas for creativity, but it also gives you more time to be able Mm -hmm. to do the things that you um, want to do more of and to be able to spend time with people that you care about. You know, another word that that comes to my mind when you talk about clutter clutters, I think about encumber. You know, it's a, it's an interesting word because if you've, you know, kind of visualize someone that's encumbered by things or stress or whatever it is, they're burdened, they're weighed down, they're unable to move very well. And I think uh, this, this concept of minimalism is really the process of becoming unencumbered so that you're freed up to be able to put your your efforts, your your time into the things that you value the most. So it's kind of aligning the long-term values and, and vision of your, your life and your family uh, in, in a way that, that uh, enables you to put first things first. And so you're unencumbered to do that. And that's what's kind of hit me as I've thought about this topic and since your, your presentation to our team earlier is that I have become somewhat encumbered, um, both in terms of material possessions, also, you know, kind of on a, on a treadmill of what my time, how my time is used and not having as much freedom as I would like because of that. So I, I love your second point. It does is it clutters and encumbers our life. And then your third point, what was that again? Well, and it, just to go back to that real quick, it it's intentional. You know, this mm-hmm. is about intention and making, mm-hmm. taking that pause, you know, and thinking, do I need this or, you know, what, you know, what is important to me? And, and sometimes we just go so fast, we don't, but to allow ourselves to do that, you know, to be intentional with that as well as in the other, you know, intentional at work, intentional with our family, um, mm-hmm. just to be intentional. So the third point is one of my favorites. Um, and I think it ties in really well with the work we do with families. It's um, to gift experiences instead of possessions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. the holiday season is coming up and most everybody will start frenzies about purchase the perfect thing for this person. And, 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 and really, like for me, my love language is quality time. So for me, I love experiences. Mm. And, um, and so instead of buying the perfume or, you know, those are faded, that's the bedding or, or the toy, um, to, to take them out to a tea in the arboretum or to take them to paintball or um, to go on a hike around the lake. It doesn't have to be extravagant or expensive. Um, I, I, a thing I like to do is I go to Groupon in the area. Even when I go visit family, sometimes I'll go to Groupon to see, because they, they give me great ideas. There's all kinds mm. of adventure things that Groupon offers. Oh. And so it's a good price. Um, and so, uh, again, you don't have to spend a lot of money on it um, just to do something different. You know, ceramics or painting or um, whether some other, well, some other ideas. Um a scenic flight, um, you know, however you want to go with that, you know, there, the limitations are what you put on it. And that could be, I know some people suggested like a back rub or, you know, those coupon books. I'm not sure people really redeem those, Mm -hmm. Um, but just, and I think, I think what's important 
is that when we give to people quality experience, these experiences is that it's something they love to do, something they would be interested in, mm-hmm. not always what we would be interested in. Because, and so what happens is we get to spend quality time with them. We get to build memories, right? We nurture the relationship. And that's mm-hmm. a very, that's the, in my opinion, the most important principle that we talked to, that we stand on with Homeward Bound, right? Something's not working, nurture the relationship, right? Yes. Yes. And so it's, it just really goes hand in hand with the work that we get to do with families. Oh, that's so great. That's, that's so great. And so timely right now, like you said, as we're getting close to the holidays and it is kind of a merchandising season, instead flip that around and, and make it a connecting time of the season by putting the thought into what kind of experiences would, would create connection, bonding, what the, would they love? And, and when I think about that, as you were talking, I thought, what do I remember about the gifts that I've been given up throughout my life? And I, I can't really hardly attach a memory of actually creating a better relationship because I was given something, a gift, a physical gift. But, but experiences, lots of those thoughts come to mind, you know, where, where someone was thoughtful enough to, to gift me a, an experience uh, with them. So how, how true that is, that connects so well with our principles at Homeward Bound. And I think this, this whole topic, I, I hope to someday report to you, Sonia, that you were the reason I did X, Y, and Z. And it had a profound effect on the things that matter the most. And, and it's by putting the things that matter less in the background, you know, whether that means decluttering, that means, you know, really putting less value on, on material, you know, possessions and those kinds of things. And, and so I, I really think that this could be the starting point for something that my wife would like me to do more of. And <laughs> well, feel free to report that back to me. I'd love to hear it. I remember asking, <laughs> okay, I will do that. And I remember asking you, you know, how your husband was handling this because, uh, I was, I was thinking about myself thinking, gee, I'm not ready for that, but look how far I've come in, in maybe a month and a half since we met. <laughs> so that's, awesome. it's really kind of cool. Yeah. But, so I want to thank you for this and, uh, I'll be watching you as you continue down your journey of, you know, putting the most important things first and, and decluttering your life. And, and, uh, I think that I'm going to draw some inspiration from that. That's awesome. Thanks for your time today, Sonia, and uh, appreciate all that you're you're doing for Homeward Bound and also those families you work with and the teaching you're giving us today. Thank you very much for the opportunity.